Welcome to episode 149 of Shanlin on Batman. I am your host, Justin Shanlin, and we got Kyle Davis in the house. Tom is asleep. Should we assume <laughs> he's asleep? Let's say he's asleep. He's a busy man, okay? Yes, let's say he's asleep, but it was good to have him back on the podcast for our last trailer breakdown of Birds of Prey, and this will be our very spoilerific Birds of Prey review. Spicy. So, yes. So, do you want to do you want to get into the review? Let's get into the review. Let's let's get into the review, and then we can talk about the. Let's uh, get into the review. <laughs> the so, repercussions. <laughs> so, let's get into the review of Birds of Prey. Uh, when did you see it, Kyle? Let's start. I there. saw it Sunday night at a seven p.m. IMAX showing, and there were four people, like four or five people, in the in the theater with me <laughs> interesting i saw i did the early uh screening of it and none of the like reserved like press seats uh were full like none i actually do find that really surprising <laughs> like regardless of the quality you would think that the press would want to be there to cover the movie you know Oh, hundred percent! Isn't it weird? That, that, that I don't weird. know. Like the the the, I don't know if there's like a marketing issue. I don't know. We'll get to that at the end, though. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll touch on that. So, like, let's get into like a detailed list of the things we liked, didn't like. So, overall, Birds of Prey for me was fine. It didn't move the needle one way or the other. It felt like a John Wick meets uh, Deadpool type of film. With Thelma and Louise and a little bit of Pulp Fiction involved. I like Kathleen Yan's direction. Margot Robbie, again, is magnificent. Ewan McGregor as Black Mask, phenomenal. Love Ewan McGregor. Fucking hate what they did to him at the end, but we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, just a lot of things to talk about and discuss. The score was great. The, you know, the editing. I had issues with the editing, the pace of it. Um, the story was vanilla. It was bland. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the first like 30, 35 minutes of it. I was like, what? What's going on here? <laughs> and, uh, so, like I said, the movie's fine. It, and, but it, it doesn't it doesn't move that needle for me one way or another. It doesn't mean like, oh my God, I need to see more of this. Um it it wasn't dog shit either. It wasn't trash. Um it was uh, and I'm not saying that the it's a mediocre film. It's a very well made, well constructed film. It's it's but definitely the, competent in a lot of technical aspects. Yes, but like, but when it comes to the narrative structure, when it comes to like the action sequences, just fine. Yeah, it was like I said, it wasn't like like we we praise Batman v Superman for the Batman you know warehouse fight scene. We praise the Dark Knight for the Joker and for, you know, how well constructed that film is. We praise um, 
Man of Steel for the opening 30 minutes of that film. And, you know, Henry Cap, there, there's a lot of things like that. Those movies engross the things that I like to see. I love General Zod. Um, I love, you know, I, I really do enjoy uh, Jesse Eisenberg as, you know, Lex Luthor. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that I really like about those previous films. Wonder Woman, fantastic. What a, achieve, what a filmmaking achievement. And I really like Kathy Yan, and I like everything that she put on screen, but there was nothing for me anyway that really just kind of like like I I felt like they hit a double when they needed to hit a home run. Does that make sense? I can kind of see where you're coming from, yeah. Um, like I went they, they didn't miss the same boat. Like they didn't miss the mark, but like it's a good movie. Right, like it's not a strikeout by any means, but like you said, it's like a maybe like a single or a double when they when they're aiming bigger than that. Like I, I get the analogy, and that like I said, I'm kind of in the same boat. I was just like, I kind of went in with low expectations, and it didn't it it didn't really exceed those expectations, despite that. I, I didn't go in with any expectation whatsoever. I didn't think that it was – I didn't go in with any low. I didn't go in with high expectations. You know, like we had issue with the trailer and we're like, oh, like the trailers really didn't do much for us. Mm-hmm. And when we went into the film, like I said, the film, it, like everything, like every technical aspect of that film is on par with great filmmaking. But there wasn't anything – like, you know how you have uh, issues with Dunkirk, how you kind of, like, don't really kind of, like, care You don't for care about what's actually going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, and I really love Harley Quinn, and I know we're going to get a lot of crap for this because I took so much crap. I took a beating this weekend on, tw- on Twitter. I lost, like, 25, 30 followers. <laughs> but the, the narrative structure as it sat, the film is called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous what – is, what is it? Fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Har- Mm-hmm. That was not a Birds of Prey movie, and I can't say that that was a Harley Quinn movie Justin, either. They they did a fan four stick at the end, and they're like, "This is the Birds of Prey now." See, we got we got the Birds of Prey formed at the end, huh? See, I wanted to see much more of the Birds of Prey. Hmm. You know, Huntress. I didn't like. I didn't care for what they did with Cassandra Cain because that's not her character. Isn't Cassandra Cain like a mute? Like she can't talk. I'm not too familiar, so I can't really say. Which but is I, Batgirl? I, I will say. Right. I, I remember before I saw the before I saw the movie, people were like, "Oh man, Huntress is so good." Mary Elizabeth Winwine said, "Stole the whole show." You could have cut her out of this movie, and you wouldn't have lost yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. I'm like, like well, "Are we seeing the scene? The like, same thing?" I mean, for the for a couple of the scenes near the end, she was entertaining enough, I guess. But mm-hmm. it was like. She, you could cut her out of the movie and you wouldn't have lost anything. No, that's what I thought too. And I didn't care for Cassandra Kane either. And like, I wish they would have gone more Terminator 2 in regards to having that character of Cassandra Kane. And here's my thoughts on it. I like what they did, but I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot with how overtly brash her character was you remember in terminator 2 like john connor wouldn't use a gun they he wouldn't do certain things like he was kind of like this like border on like 
putting his foot over the edge, but the filmmakers are very, very conscious of the violence. And I'm not saying that she's violent. I don't. I don't even think she uses a gun. Does she use a gun in the film? Cassandra? I, I know she yeah. holds one, but I don't know if she actually fires it. I can't remember, but I just feel like the way that her character. I like the I like the actress who was like it doesn't move the needle for me one way or the other. It's there. Here's the film. <laughs> so I don't know if that if I need to see it again. Maybe I missed something because the the narrative structure at the beginning. I'm like, what's going on? How does this happen? Like it felt like they were. And, and before anyone you know loses their their minds, I, I get it. the The story is told from the perspective of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Who, quite frankly, it's kind of nuts, you know. Like it makes sense that it, it's a little loose, it's a little hard to follow sometimes because you know she's a little wacky like that. But you know, just because it makes sense for the character to be telling a story like that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good story to be listening to or, or taking in. You know, I have issue with that first thirty-five minutes narrative structure, and I don't know if they were like overtly going for like that, like unreliable narrator. I hope they were, because otherwise there are some bigger issues afoot. Because, like, I could not follow the first 35 minutes. I'm like, what's going on here? And, like, they would do something, it would make no sense, and then, like, five minutes later or 10, 15 minutes later, they would kind of, like, conjoin the storyline. And I'm just like... You don't don't need to do that. I'm, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not a writer. I'm not trying... I'm... The film is fine, but it, I was not pulled into the movie like I was with Batman versus <laughs> Superman or Wonder Woman or Man of Steel or Aquaman, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I could, I like, I felt like I was always opening the door, but every time I would open the door, you know, how like you have like a rug that is. Cl- close to the door and if, if the rug's too high or too shaggy you can't open up that door you actually got to move the rug. To scrape along the rug there yeah yeah so that's kind of what it felt like um and like i'm like i said the action was fine but there, there there's like a scene where harley quinn comes into the police station <laughs> with like a bean bag and the cops are like just just go man just take everything i'm just like what, what the dumb. fuck? Everybody knows like the Gotham City Police Department doesn't have any guns, Justin. Like, why are these police officers so inept? Like they so, like <laughs> those sequences are right. so campy, it's not So here is the exact thought I was having while sitting in the theater. So you know how in musicals you'll just ra- they will just kinda like everything will just kind of randomly stop and then it's time for a musical number that doesn't really makes sense in the universe it's like oh it obviously like in real life people aren't just like sitting around singing the song in the way they are it, it works for the the presentation of the movie in a sense right mm-hmm. that's what a musical is like this kind of felt like a musical only instead of of like music numbers there were action sequences that felt like they didn't actually exist in the world but they were just kind of happening because harley quinn is the one telling this story so in her mind this is what she was picturing but it was actually something different but I, I didn't like it because it felt like like stuff would happen. You know, there'd be story, there'd be people talking, and then it would be all of a sudden it's like, oh, time for an action sequence. Time to 
have Harley Quinn pull out the grenade launcher and single-handedly take down the entire police department all by herself. That wasn't a grenade launcher, though. It was a beanbag that shot, like, confetti. Exactly. So it's even worse. <laughs> and then, like, later on, I was like, okay, now this is where she breaks Cassandra out of the jail cell. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh time for an action sequence. Time to... Lock, time to open up the cells and have the water start coming down and then Harley Quinn's gonna single-handedly take down like a dozen big thugs all while looking really cool and and I get it you know like from a filmmaking perspective it looked really great this, the choreography was awesome but it's just like as far as the story goes it's like all right so we're just kind of like halting everything else going on for like the next 10 minutes while we do the sequence <laughs> all right I gotcha and this is kind of how I felt. Like every time an action sequence would happen, I was just like, "Oh, here we go again." We're just gonna put everything on halt. Any te- any tension that we're building up to is just gonna be put on pause while we do this action sequence right here. I would agree a hundred percent with you, Kyle, on that. I love the action, but it did not serve the story. It felt like I was watching The Matrix, like the third one. And I'm not saying that. Um, does that make sense to you? Continue, like, continue yeah. with your thought, Kyle. Uh, I mean, that was most of what I wanted to say. But, yeah, that, that's kind of how I felt. Like, there were multiple parts throughout the movie where I was just like, man, this the pacing is just isn't feeling right. Or, like, I feel like they're putting the urgency onto the wrong aspects. Like, the wrong characters are feeling like they're supposed to be rushing for something. But we're, we're kind of distracted by doing this other thing. I don't know. It was just, like I said, it was, it was a combination of, like... The order of events being a little bit harder to follow, mixed with all these really long action sequences that, while they looked really cool, didn't really serve the narrative, didn't really serve the characters. It was just like, hey, here's some, here's some cool things that we can might, we might be able to slip into one of the trailers at some point. Like, I'm trying to formulate a thought here <laughs> in regards to... Because you're right. Like, the action did not serve the story well. Like, I get it. Like, they, she had to break her out. But like just Harley's time at the police department alone was like three separate stretched out action sequences. <laughs> she had this big thing breaking in with the bean bags. There was the big one in the the actual jail cells with the water, and then there was another one near the end when uh, she's like hiding from the uh, the biker guys behind the bag of cocaine, like we said in the trailer. I was like, both of those while they were. On their own, they're cool. Back, kind of like back to back to back, didn't really do it for me. And then there's, there's immediately the car chase after that as well. I forgot about that. <laughs> there's like there was just a lot of things, and it never held. There's so many character story subplots that are happening that it for me anyway. For me, it didn't serve the narrative well and like i'm like i'm trying to find exactly how i'm like it's hard to explain because i like the action look just and i like if you want to say story call it shit it's fine (laughs) no i i like i like the action i like the story but together they didn't mesh well that's what i'm trying to say wait okay so you're saying like the individual elements that are in this movie are pretty good, but they're not greater than their sum. Yes. 
Yes, 100%. Um, In fact, they might not even be the sum of the sum. <laughs> it might be a little bit less than the sum. The acting, though, the overall direction is great. The story, the script, the plotting, the pacing, those are the issues I have. Because the first 35 minutes, how they do their narrative and how they kind of piecemeal things together doesn't work in the end product. It's a real shame, but, too, because at, like at its core, it's a relatively simple concept. Uh, mm-hmm. Classic MacGuffin. You know, the big MacGuffin. Bad guys want it. Good guys want it. You know, have have them you know, race to the MacGuffin. Like it, it's a pretty classic concept. But you're right; like it just doesn't quite work. Like I, I didn't quite buy it, and you know, like some of the motivations of the characters were a little iffy at times. Um, and like I said, Huntress is just kind of there. Like for how connected she actually ends up being to the the MacGuffin. And the bad guy, she really doesn't play a role in the movie at all. Until like the last 10, 15 minutes. Like last 10 minutes where it's like, oh, he was the the one that did the thing to my family the whole time. Ah." Like I love Black Canary. I love Margot Robbie. I like Cassandra Cain. I like – I didn't care for Rosie Perez's Renee Montoya. I thought she played it very campy, very over the top. I didn't care for it. I didn't like the please captain. Didn't care for that. Um, and I love the character of Renee Montoya and I love Rosie Perez, but the way that she approaches the character, I thought it was too campy for me. Right. Like that character doesn't feel like it belongs in the same universe that the, the suicide squad happens in. Right. Which is mm-hmm. what this, which is what we're going with. This is not a different universe. This is the same Harley Quinn from the Suicide Squad. You know, Jared Little's Joker exists in this universe. Ben Affleck's Batman exists in this universe. But it doesn't feel like that because of the way some of the the characters are. Just kind of the general campiness of some of the some of the tone that's been that's being set. Which kind I don't of, know. It kind of just goes back to uh, something that we were talking about where it's like the, the overall direction of the DC universe, they they need to find a direction and just kind of commit to it. Cause right now this whole, Oh, we're, you know, we're still, we're still working on like uh, the le- the remaining parts of the Snyder verse over here. But then we're also doing these, all these other standalone projects over here. And it's, it's, it's just really confusing even for us people that are in the know and get, what is and is not connected, but like if you're just an average Joe moviegoer, you have no idea what the hell's going on in this universe. Right I know. Now. I was talking to a friend the other day about it, and they're like, "Well, the Jared Leto Joker is not in the Harley Quinn movie." But then I saw, so the Harley Quinn movie being Birds of Prey. But then I saw Jared Leto's Joker. But what about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? Is that not connected? And what about Robert Pattinson's Batman? Is this connected to that? Mm-hmm. And then, so if Jared Leto's not the Joker in this Harley Quinn movie, does that mean that Jared Leto's not the Joker in the Robert Pattinson Batman movie? And does this Harley Quinn, does this Harley Quinn play off into the Batman movie? But then I see set pictures of Harley Quinn in in the new Suicide Squad. Like there were set pictures today of 
Margot Robbie on the set of the Suicide Squad in Harley Quinn makeup and costume. Really confusing. <laughs> so, like, is the Suicide Squad also a continuation of this continuity, or is it going to be its own thing? And they're just bringing Harley Quinn to be the the Harley Quinn of that universe. <laughs> I don't think they know. Like this is this is just a, an ongoing issue that's only going to get worse. Uh, well, hold up, hold up. Before we get into that, we need to fin- we need to because we're gonna that's going to be a tangent. So we need to k- keep focus on uh, Birds of Prey and the emancipation of the one Harley Quinn. <laughs> so the film did like thirty eight million, which was every industry source that I talked to said that this movie was going to overperform, but it's not hitting that. The general audiences are not like that's they're not it's not resonating for them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Was it the marketing? So before we get into that it talk, definitely could be a number still, of factors. So you and McGregor, <laughs> what a shining spot in this film. Oh, he was Seriously, so charismatic. One of the best, like in the in this DC cinematic universe, he's so good. Um, I'm not saying I have a man crush on him, but I might have a man crush on him. He is so good. He's like Keith Ledger, good. Joaquin Phoenix, good in this film. And every time he's on screen, he just is chewing up the scenery. He's over the top, but it works for him and it works for that character. His motivations make sense. The things he does are grotesque and horrible. Chris Messina as Victor Zaz, amazing. Mm-hmm. I like that they work well together. Uh, like you can tell that there's like definitely a bromance and maybe even a love connection going on between them. And I love that aspect. I think it's an interesting, a very interesting take on the characters. Um, and Every time he's on screen, even up to the point where he is finally Black Mask, and he, you know he he goes like full Black Mask, like I'm at the edge of my seat. I'm loving everything he's doing. He's amazing. He's wonderful. But all of a sudden, at the very end of the movie, <laughs> and I'm like, this is awesome. Um. This, this this is kind of a, just a, a gripe that I have with a lot, of, not just comic book movies, but a lot of franchise movies in general, where they're like... Like, haven't we learned our lesson from Jack Nicholson's Joker? Jack Nicholson's Joker, a lot of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man villains. Um, uh, Danny DeVito and Batman Returns. Danny DeVito. I think what we're trying to say is... You Two-Face. Don't, you don't have to kill your villain. Unless there's like a contractual obligation to kill him off. And the way that they kill him too. The old Like I'm watching it. (laughs) I'm watching it. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, how are they going to get out of this? And then all of a sudden, Cassandra Kane pulls the pin on the grenade. And he blows up and blows up into the water. And lots I'm just of, like lots of bloody meaty chunks. <laughs> and I'm just like, what in the ever loving fuck did they just do? Why did they decide 
to kill such a great character. Why? You could have used him. You could have used him as, you know, in the Injustice League. You could have used him in the Batman. You could have used him in so many different things. Imagine if they, like, brought but you're gonna the kill- idea of a, a League of Villains, and he, he was a part of it. <laughs> I can't... Him and Jesse Eisenberg and, and Deathstroke. No, no, no. We're just, just poof. Red, red mist. Game over. Matter of like three seconds. And like even to the characters, they were, they were just like, oh, I guess that solves that problem. Hey, who wants to go get some sushi? All right, let's go. I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're done here. Like it was like <laughs> the swarm. So I'm, I'm over here watching the film and then all of a sudden like it's like I'm transported into the Avengers where they go and get shawarma but there it's that that had to have been an intentional reference to that right there there's no way they're just like oh yeah yeah they go get shawarma when they're done that's a good idea (laughs) it's like uh, okay but it's not shawarma it's uh margaritas I'm, <laughs> the ending, the beginning and the endings I have issue with. Actually, I take that back. I love the animated, like, the animated thing they did at the beginning of the film. But once, like, the film gets going and, you know, she breaks up with Joker and all that stuff. Why would you kill off the best thing about that film? And in a way that you could never bring his ass back. You can't bring him back. You can't even bring him back as a frozen head. With we must get a hold of the 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 pit. Put him in the sand pit. Resurrect the, the, him. The, the Lazarus what, pit. What? <laughs> Put the red I mist could, in there. When you saw them blow up, I, I was with a buddy that night. I looked at him, he looked at me, and we were both equally pissed off. (laughs) Uh, I can see that. Because he wasn't Black Mask the entire time. He was Roman Sionis, and then the last, like, 10, 15 minutes, he puts on the Black Mask. He snaps, he's like, oh, you you heckin' did it now. And then all he does is he drives up there, uh, stands outside while there's a fight going on, and then when it's actually time for him to encounter the the, the birds of prey, he's like, "Well, I'm, I'm gonna just take this girl, and we're gonna run off to the pier so I can get blown up by a grenade." That's exactly what happens. Why did he go to the pier though? Was there a ship waiting for him? Didn't look like it. <laughs> I didn't understand what's. How is he getting? So, is he so like when when that scene happens? There there was a little part where as soon as Harley walks down the pier. It like the camera like pans out and it shows you the name of the pier. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, is that supposed to be like a famous pier from one of the comics that I'm not familiar with? Because like they try to make a big deal of the name of the pier, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Am I missing? Am I missing a reference here? I don't know. I don't remember what the pier is called now, but I remember they're like, zoom out. There's the name of the pier. Oh, oh cut the next part. <laughs> I was just like, uh, okay. I don't know, so that must be like a famous peer in the universe or something. I don't know. The, the fact that you're just there for a loss of words, I'm like, oh, okay. 
You tell me, Kyle. You tell me. I mean, I guess we could technically put... There's a lot of good. And before I get all this hate, before you shut this off, I hope that you've stayed with us this long. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of parts of this film. And there are some things that I did not enjoy. There was a moment in the film I was like, do I like what's going on? And then Harley's back on screen, and then Black Canary's back on screen, and Ewan McGregor's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with this. I would say that pretty much every scene of Ewan McGregor is fantastic. I don't remember one I didn't like except for maybe his death scene. Uh, pretty much pretty much every scene of Harley Quinn's good, too. I especially like a lot of the stuff with her uh, like up in the apartment and... Kind of like her relationship with the the shop owner there, like that stuff is all good too. I like the running gag they use with uh, the not the harpoon lady, but the she's the crossbow killer or something. Oh, yeah, the crossbow killer. Yeah, that was- like that was funny. Like I like that. And she's like, no, that's not my name. Like that was fine and everything. It's just the st- the narrative structure, the way that it was put together, is my issue with it. Yeah, like, it felt like it needed to be longer, but the, but it's almost like, th- the only way to describe it was like a tale of two films. That, that's kind of a good way of putting it, yeah. It's like this part of, like... Like, it doesn't feel as separate as, like, a, like, like Dawn of Justice did. <sighs> that was very much, like, three different movies in one. But, like, like I said, there, there's, there's a, an identity crisis going on. <laughs> the movie is um, between being the Harley Quinn movie it wants to be and also trying to be a Birds of Prey movie. And neither work together. Separate, they work perfect. Together, they don't work as well as they did. And I heard a lot of people message me. like, I really didn't care for it. It was fine. I didn't care for it. So... I mean, and then Monday, Tuesday. I wouldn't call it meh. It was just, it was fine. It was okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Like that's how it is for me too. Would I buy it? I don't know. Do I want to see it again? I'm going to see it again just so I can see the Tenet prologue. You should see the Tenet prologue. (laughs) I want to see that Tenet prologue. I wasn't expecting to see it a second time, but when it came out, I'm like, oh, all right, oh, sure. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see it again because I hear it's amazing. It is. It is awesome. And look, I, this is me being. I'm like one of the biggest Nolan critics as of late. But I'm like, hey, I'm I'm heckin' excited for Tenet. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta see it. I have got to see the Tenet prologue. Um, so I might do that this weekend. See the Tenet prologue, hopefully. And I, I'm like, I'm disappointed. No one's bootlegged that shit and put it on. Put it on. I know. What Warner the hell, Bros. guys? Warner Bros. is really cracking down on it, I guess. Fuck that. I want to see that shit. <laughs> Warner Brothers will crack down on the Tenet prologue, but like all this other behind-the-scenes stuff and all these other leaked images, and that's fine. We can slide. So, overall, I love the direction. I love Harley Quinn. I love the acting. I love... The score, I love the. I did I say the action? I liked. I liked uh, when they went. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I like, but I can't get over the first 30, 30 minutes or so. I can't get over uh, Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya. I didn't buy her in the role. 
Um, so I'm not I'm not like up to par on the Cassandra Kane lore, but from what I have read, I'm pretty sure she's a mute. I don't know. Like I'm so far behind comics these days, it's ridiculous. I'm so busy. So, um. Overall, with all that said and done, I give that film a B minus C plus. And and that's me being fair. I could have been a way. I could have been way more critical. I'll give it a C. I could have been way more critical too. It's a passing grade. It's not something you're gonna put on a pedestal and be like, "Look at I did, mom." It's it's not going on the fridge. Let's let's move on. You know, we got a passing grade. Let's let's move on and do better next time. So, <laughs> like, this is, like, and usually, like, we're much more talkative and everything, and we apologize for this, the pauses. It's, it's so like, weird, because, like, this is kind of the same issue we're having with the trailer breakdowns, where we're watching the trailers for Birds of Prey, and we're just kind of like, okay. Not a whole lot to talk about. It, it, it looks decent. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, like that's kind of the movie. It's like there's there's not a whole lot to talk about. It was just it was fine. Yeah, and like when we talked a lot about Joker and Suicide Squad, Batman, uh V Superman, Wonder Woman, there's a lot to talk about there, but like this film, there's not like one thing that we're other than like Black Mask and Harley Quinn. And you can only talk characters so much, and you can only be disappointed in Black Mask death so much. Mm-hmm. So you know, the hyena was cool, you know, like, I don't know, it's just that, so weird. Like, they hype up the hyena, he's there for, like, one scene, and then he disappears for the whole movie until the very end. <laughs> no character development whatsoever for that hyena. Right, we need we needed more Bruce in this movie. Yeah, and there was no arc for that hyena, so... No um, character growth, just yep. a flat line. Yeah, they're, like, the... <laughs> The hyena, you know, like I, I want to see the hyena try to climb up a like a a pit. I say fail need once, to release the hyena cut. Fail once, try to climb it again, fail again, and then they figure out the way to get up this pit is not to use a rope. Makes sense to me. <laughs> Logic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as long as you're not using a rope, you can do anything. Turns out, when you don't tie a rope around you, you can you can jump like twice as far as you normally do. <laughs> uh, yeah, physics, man. It's the, it's, it's the the DC universe way. So, let's talk about this, Kyle. Right. You start. I need to get a drink. You start talking. What What are we talking about? We're talking about the confusing nature of you know what. So the confusing nature of the DC universe. It's um. I guess I guess as as uh, we literally just said, it's, it's kind of confusing. So we hardcore DC fans, you know, the ones that are always talking about it on Twitter. We get what's going on, you know. We we get it that this is a continuation of the Suicide Squad, and you know it 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 does not necessarily tie back into what's going to be happening from here on out. Maybe I don't know, depending on what they do with the Suicide Squad, which is not Suicide Squad, but it's the Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, 
But like for your average moviegoer, you know, the the mass market, the the people that primarily fund these movies, it, it, you know, the ones that are primarily buying the tickets, they don't know what the hell's going on. Like they might understand that this is a continuation of Suicide Squad, but they have no idea how this relates to Joker or why Jared Leto's Joker is not in this or, or how and this like, relates to Batman any other movie Batman. coming up like uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman or mm-hmm. or anything else that's going on. It, they're just kind of confusing. And I get that there is like a transition of sorts going on. Maybe like it seems like that's what they're doing, but they have not really said. The issue that they have is they have a few successful heroes and a few unsuccessful films. Mm-hmm. And those unsuc what they deem as unsuccessful just needed more. They needed more of uh what had be- come before. So BVS did what it did. It did like eight hundred million at the box office. I bet they'd be happy with that with those results this weekend. <laughs> did eight hundred million at the box office. I don't know if Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous, you know, and Emancipation of Harley Quinn's gonna do eight hundred million at the worldwide box office. And like it's play it's being played soft. Like it's not being like there there aren't people that are going in droves like they did for Joker or Endgame or Infinity War, the Dark Knight or Aquaman. By no means. And the issue that is going on is you have them one foot in and one foot out. We like, we like that, you know, Jason Momoa made a billion at the, as Aquaman. Mm -hmm. We love that Wonder Woman was critically. And uh, financially successful and we're gonna ride wonder woman into 1984 and maybe a uh um and maybe at some point you know you know we get a you know a sequel to wonder woman 1984 but them not having two of the crown jewels and you know and i'm tired of hearing the like, I understand that you want Batman to be separated, but you can't use ba- some of Batman's most famous tertiary characters. Mm-hmm. You can't use Harley Quinn and have Harley Quinn be saved by Ben Affleck's Batman and then have a Batman, a new Batman, that doesn't play with that Harley Quinn. And the, from what I'm told, Harley Quinn and the, uh, the Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of, Har- of Harley Quinn does not have anything to do with Robert Pattinson's Batman mm-hmm. and never will. Makes sense. Like, that makes total sense. The Suicide Squad that's being filmed right now uh-huh. will not have anything to do with Robert Pattinson's Batman. Superman. The crown jewel of all heroes that can't figure out what to do with it. Green Lantern, Flash, Cyborg. (laughs) All these characters, the crown jewels of the corners of the DC universe. 
who's had millions and millions of readers. People grow in droves to see these characters, to read it, to see it in the animated series, to um, to watching the animated films, playing the games. Them not having a plan or trajectory going forward is finally catching up to them. And you cannot deny it. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I'm not. And I got a lot of shit this weekend. I lost about 30, 35 followers because of my thoughts on this one foot in, one foot out. You can't have pre-existing universe going on in filming when you're trying to set up a, another universe or a multiverse. You haven't earned it yet. You haven't set the seeds. And here we go again. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This one foot in, one foot out doesn't work. And I've I've said and I've talked to people who work in the industry. JJ doesn't want to do a Superman movie. He will not direct it because he sees the cinematic universe as damaged goods. They paid him $500 million, and he more than likely will not direct a DC character. And I'm sorry to say that. I probably shouldn't say that because it was told in confidence. But what is going on right now is having an effect negatively on the overall slate of films. The Joker, as great as that film is, probably damaged this film, this Birds of Prey film. And if you can't, you can't say that it's not because they just changed the title and stop listening to that PR nonsense that, oh, they were just doing it so they could, they could search it better. They changed the title during the run in theaters. It's now Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. It should have always been Harley Quinn and the Fantabulous. Is that that what they actually did? Yeah, that's what it is right now. Oh, Jesus. And you cannot say that I do not know what I'm talking about because this is a a, a thing. If Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn or now Harley Quinn Birds of Prey did $100 at the box office, I could say, all right, well, they're now recovering. But the universes are being set in a way that no one's communicating and they're giving deals to producers to make films, and those producers aren't talking to previous films. And you can't say that that's not happening. Because the director of Shazam was asked a question about and if Black Adam was going to do some sort of appearance in Shazam 2, or these storylines we're going to follow. He goes, I don't have no idea what the what's going on with that film. I'm not working on it. <laughs> Like you can't you can't sit back and deny it anymore. Now some people want want these things to be separate, and I appreciate that. And I'm and parts of me is for it because at the end of the day, I want good films. But at the same time, I want these films to be lauded, and I want people to go in talking about these DC films like they do Marvel. They have a plan worked out. They're not giving 
into directors. Now, say what you will about Kevin Feige. 23, 24 films in, every movie other than Ant-Man has made, like, every sequel. I think Ant-Man was, like, the only one that didn't do more business domestically and internationally. But people go because they're seeing a progression of their characters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I really saw a progression of Harley Quinn in this film. You know Just, what I'm saying? Justin, she got over her breakup with Mr. J. And the Joker. <laughs> like, so here, here's the, Joker the thing going no on. no longer exists in the universe anyway. Mm-hmm. The Joker no longer exists. So people ask me, well, how does Joaquin Phoenix? He doesn't. Doesn't he doesn't matter in this current slate of films? Like that was its own thing. Well, that doesn't make sense. Literally, I'm sorry. These films, as and I'm trying to be very respectful, and I know I'm gonna get take a lot of heat for this, but these films are these these side films are doing damage. So Joker did some damage to Birds of Prey. And now there's talk at the studio they're gonna do Lex Luthor. They need to figure it out. You can't have your cake and eat it too in this situation. You can't. You, they, what they need to do, and here is what I would do, is I would let Wonder Woman do its thing. Wonder Woman 1984. I would move Aquaman 2 up. I would push the release date for the Batman back a year. Or just, not just do wrap it. up the current continuity and then start fresh? I would wrap up the current continuity and say, all right, we're on to phase two. I, yeah, I, I can. So you that. can use some characters from phase one, but the storylines from those are wrapped up. So you could probably do that at like a flashpoint. You could fix a lot of those things and you, and the flash could open up into like Earth two or, you know, like a different, you know, what I'm saying. To be fair, we've been kind of talking about that ever since Batman versus Superman's been a thing. It's like, man, how are we going to fix this continuity? Oh, I don't know. Do a Flashpoint event or something. And like they, what they need to do is, I love Gal Gadot, and I hope that they do 15 more Wonder Woman movies. And I really think they should. But she should be the only survivor. And maybe Aquaman, maybe Jason Momoa's Aquaman should be the only survivor from the previous Snyder stuff. And I love Margot Robbie, and I think that maybe she survives this transition into my idea of a phase two of films. Mm -hmm. So your phase two, what your phase two does is you have a Superman film. You have a Batman film. They do its origins or wherever they're at in their career. They do it. They're successful. Then they do another one. You do another Batman, you do another Superman, and you see Superman show up in that Batman film. You see Batman show up in that Superman film. Then you do, as that's going on, you have Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. But what what happened, this, this third Wonder Woman film, is the present day. So she can show up in, you know, Robert Pattinson's Batman, in the new Superman. Henry Cavill's not coming back. Like the audience needs to understand, that there's no way he's coming. He's not coming back. I'm sorry. There at this point, there are no talks happening. They are cooling off Superman. It's not coming out for a couple years. So that means Henry Cavill is no longer Superman. 
So you have your you. That's how you start it. You start the new phase. Phase two. Uh, you could even say this is phase two on Earth two. <laughs> yeah. So the the flashpoint. I mean, I don't the see aftermath the aftermath of flashpoint. You can't have it brings the same into, actors play the same characters, or well, you know, the same heroes essentially, but in different universes. And I'm okay with that too. But you, what? But basically, what I'm saying is. Everything that happened on this Earth 1, or maybe this was Earth 2, like the Snyderverse was Earth 2, you know, and I know I'm going to get a lot of I love Zack Snyder. I love Man of Steel. I love Batman versus Superman. But those films are – he, he's not a part of making those films anymore. So we have to think about the longevity of these films. How can we connect these films? I want to see Robert Pattinson's Batman – coexist with a new superman coexist with green lantern coexist with shazam coexist with black adam coexist with aquaman wonder woman harley quinn black canary the joker riddler lex luthor i want to see these people show up deathstroke deadshot but you can't do that when you have one foot in and one foot out. They're not thinking of – they tried so hard to catch up to Marvel, they forgot to take care of their own houses first. And it's confusing the public, and we see that the public's confused. So maybe that's not why, maybe that's not why they're showing up. Now, I, I heard the marketing could be a thing. I heard the R rating could be a thing. But this too plays a factor because everyone's like, I'm not going to go see that because does that Harley Quinn move? Does that Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn make sense? Because I just saw a Joker movie that had nothing to do with the current movies. I'm just going to stick with Marvel. That's what I was literally told. And that 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 person buys more Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Wonder Wonder Woman comics than y'all combined. So I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to say that you know we can't have our cake and eat it too, but them not having a plan, having producer, there needs to be one dude, and Jeff Johns was that dude. He was the one who was going to be the Kevin Foggy of the DC Universe. And the previous administration fucked him. I'm sorry. Jeff Johns has nothing to do with the current slate of films he has nothing to do with the previous slate of films the two movies he was in charge of wonder woman and shazam did what it did were great films he got brought on to justice league midway that's not on him that's on the people in charge of the studio and if you think I'm, if you think that I'm trying to suck Jeff Johns' D, go look at what they did with Harry Potter. <laughs> Those Fantastic Beast films blow. Look, look at how rough a year that that Warner Brothers had this year, and so this year we're in February. So far this year, and the last year. You ha- they had one success, and they sold the rights off. They sold the profits off, so they didn't get to see that money. They're 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 having financial issues right now. 
So they need to just say, we're doing Phase 2 Earth 2. Here are the characters that remain. Like, I'm okay with losing Ezra, Ezra Miller's Flash if they want to bring on Wally West. I'm okay with a different cyborg. I'm okay with the Green Lantern. But they need to have these characters show up. Because guess what? Everyone wanted to see Superman show up in Shazam. And when they saw that his didn't ha- he didn't have a face, people were upset. People wanted to see that. People wanted to see Bruce Wayne pop up in that Wonder Woman film. They want to see these films work. They want to see that them connected. So I've I've ranted and raved and blah 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 blah. So, so for those that are still listening, you can direct all of your hateful comments to Justin on Twitter at Batman Shanlin. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> no, I I just want to want to stay for the record. That I I agree. I, I'm kind of on board. Like. Clarity is a very valuable trait, and right now they do not have any clarity with the direction of their current slate of projects. And I, I, you could almost go as far as arguing that the the closest they ever came to having clarity is when Jeff Johns was there. Like you saw a direction when Wonder Woman and uh, Shazam were still in production. Of course, you know right afterwards that they swiftly veered around, and now we're now we got. Uh, Batman with Robert Pattinson on the way and the Suicide Squad being rebooted and all that. So that's a big course correction there. So, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe one day they'll they'll commit to a direction and they'll take everything in a direction. And, like, that's not to say that we're not excited for Robert Pattinson's Batman. That's not to say that we, you know, we're not excited for this or for that, but we just want it to make sense. Right. That's like, it. Like for these movies to be commercially successful, you gotta get everybody on board, not just the hardcore comic book fans. You got you gotta get everybody on board. And if you're confusing it, the general audience and not really explaining what's going on, they're they're gonna have a harder time getting excited. Mm-hmm. So We want these films to be successful. We want to see 18 films that are connected and we, that we see like a crisis on infinite earths, like team up film at the end of it. Like we want the same successes that Marvel gets. And some piece people do not, I'm not a fan of the Marvel tongue in cheek that they do. Like I'm not a fan of that. But you know what? It works. And it's made them money. And I'm not asking for that for these films. I like edgier films. I love Captain America the Winter Soldier. One of my favorite Marvel films. It's probably my favorite Marvel film. But it's connected to a larger world. And you can do that. You can make that happen. We're not saying that we want, you know, the bubblegum popcorn in the DC universe. We don't want that. But we would like to have some things make sense. That's it. Nothing, you know, nothing, not, no more, no less. And as fans, we should be demanding that. But they have they have everyone's heads up their asses. Uh, because of how the old the old filmmakers were treated. 
And they were treated horribly. But we're not looking at the bigger picture. We're all stuck in the past. And I am 100% behind the Snyder Cup. Release it. Let's see it. Let's see what they add. But still going forward, the plan needs to be, we need to make this work. Regardless. So if Shazam 2 is not going to have Black Adam in it, then why are we doing a Shazam 2? Why are we going to have Black Adam? Black Adam and Shazam, like, that's like Batman and the Joker. That's like Superman and Lex Luthor. So that's like Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. They're supposed to be there. They're supposed to make sense. So... And like we'll like I'm gonna wait to see how the second weekend goes because I did see kind of an uptick in ticket sales. Like it was up, you know, it was up some money. So we'll see. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna actually come back and have a much more thoughtful discussion in regards to this because this right now is kind of rant and raven our feelings towards it. So we apologize. We're not trying to offend anyone. We're not trying to say your ideas are stupid because your, your ideas are not stupid. We just want something that makes sense. That's it. At the end of the day, whatever that is, either shut the universe down, do so do separate films that don't interconnect or have every film interconnect. That's all we want. You can't have it. You can't have it both ways. It just doesn't work. So, that's it for me. I don't know, Kyle. So seems like a good any spot to final, wrap it up. Any final words on Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn? It's all right. If you like a uh, kind of goofier Deadpool like movie, you you'll probably enjoy it. So go and go and see if that sounds like it's right up your alley. Yeah, go see the movie. Give us your opinion of the movie. We already know what we think of it. Let's let's hear what you think of it. So make sure that make sure that you I'm gonna lose more followers from this episode. <laughs> but we're gonna lose a lot of listeners. So uh so make sure that you follow us on Batman Chandlin on the Twitter. You can follow Kyle at Looting Kyle. And then you can make sure that you're following us on our Twitter page at Chandlin on Bat. And that is gonna be it for 149.